Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason. And we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. All you motherfuckers are going to pay. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're going to fuck your mothers while you watch and cry like little whiny bitches. We're going to make them eat our shit, then shit out our shit, and then eat their shit that's made up of our shit that we made them eat. And then all you motherfuckers are next. Love, James Soundbomb. Hey, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome welcome to One Fish, uh, Two Fish. No, it's one, one Smith, Two Smith, Old, old Smith, Smith, New Smith. Smith. There you go. That's right. That's I what think, it's called. I think, I think it's really just Old Smith, New Smith is like the actual official title. Right. Sure. Okay. Whatever you say, honestly. Yeah, whatever I say. You could Thank literally you, tell me this show is called what any, whatever, and I would just be mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's right. That's the name of the show, everyone. Listen, I'm one of your hosts, David Bell. I'm the second one of those hosts in number, Tom Ryman. And a big thank you to at Nerd Numbers. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Nerd Numbers came to us and mm-hmm. had an idea, had a dream, and we've been living out their dream and that dream was to watch kevin smith movies and what we're doing modest dreams modest dreams but yeah <laughs> dreams yeah. nonetheless it's still a dream you what dream we're doing dreams. is we're watching them in pairs we're watching one old kevin smith movie mm-hmm. and one new kevin smith movie uh and we're basically just going on the imdbs starting with the the beginning and the end and uh closing in <laughs> the alpha and the omega uh-huh which means our our what what our pairing our pairing for the next two podcasts is mall rats mm-hmm. uh 1995's mall rats mm-hmm. followed by yoga hosers whenever that was made not gonna look that up oh I f- it's in the 20 teens at some point 20 teens late yeah. 20 teens later 20 teens uh i've never seen the latter i have seen the former former many many times Good, me uh, too. And you know what? That works out well because that's the one we're talking about today. That is the one we're talking about today. Yeah. I have vomited on a VHS of this. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I had the DVD with mm-hmm. the commentaries. I watched this on the DVD. I yeah. still own the DVD, which is fun because yeah. it opens with like a universal DVD ad that's like, Meet Joe Black and Out of Sight and shit Ooh. like movie movies that twenty five year old films delightful. <laughs> this DVD, this this ancient Mallrats DVD is like catch these these hits. Yeah, this is a pretty easy podcast setup. By the way, all we're gonna do is talk about the movie and then we're gonna talk about how we think it'll pair up with the second movie, and yeah. that's it. So we're in it. Is my point? It's begun. It's Mortal Kombat. Yeah, no it's intros. Begun. No. St- no stupid segues. Mm-mm. No, we're talking about mall rats. Nope, nope, no morning zoo soundboard. It's just we're right in there. We're in the shit. We're in, yeah. The, we're shit, in the shit being 1995's mall rats. Yep. Uh. So this is his follow up to Clerks. Yeah. It feels like a follow up to Clerks. If that makes sense. Uh, I don't, it I feels don't know. like the studio got a little bit more control. Uh, and it's like a little, everything's a little more cartoony, well, but polished. Yeah. It, I won't say they got more control because there was zero control on Clerks. That was a movie he just made. Right. So, like, so the studio got control. This, this is the first example of Kevin Smith working with a studio. Right. The famous behind the scenes for this is that Jason Mewes had to actually fight for his role. Uh, Seth Green was on call. During the filming of this. Uh, and um, I thought Brecken Meyer was who they had. He auditioned, but ah. Seth Green was apparently like literally just like sitting around waiting <laughs> in case there at uh, the studio was like, okay, never mind. Yeah. In case he didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. Because Jason Mewes, again, I mean, 
it, we're, it, we've we talked about it already, but a lot of the VSQ actors, they're all just his friends. I mean, but most yeah. most of them also happen to be actors. Jason Mewes is just his friend. Right. And this is the first one where it's like, it's actually cast. Yeah. It's not his friends. It's actually actors. So. Right. Yeah. And of course, obviously, some of these people became his friends, like Jason Lee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Baffleck. Baffleck. Yep. Yep. The Baffleck. This, you could argue this movie gave us Ben Affleck's entire career, right? Because you Ben could Affleck argue, was you in this movie. You could argue that? You could argue that. You could, because he became friends. And I don't just mean in the sense of like, oh, this is how he got his start. Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier uh, produced Good Will Hunting, and they got they met why Ben Affleck you, through this movie. Why did you say it that way? Good Will Hunting. What are you and doing? So, what? what is this? Are you trying? Are what you trying? Are you trying what, to sneak how shit am I supposed by to me? Say it. <laughs> are you trying good to? Like, will hunting? <laughs> good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. I don't hunting? know why. Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. It's there's there's no wrong way to say Good Will. I'm hunting. pretty sure that's the wrong way to say Good Will Hunting. <laughs> You're just trying to slide stuff past me. Well, now. his name is his name Will Hunting. His name is Will Hunting. So it's Good Will Hunting. No, it's not. Good Will Hunting. Yeah, it would be Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. All right. This is, you know what? We're moving past you gotta, this. You got to let this go. You got to let this go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no but the point is, the point is, is that uh, Kevin Smith is the one who like went to Merrimax with, with the script, the, that yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, Ben Affleck playing like a an asshole who likes butt sex mm-hmm. uh, really opened up his career. You could argue it's why he's Batman. This even foreshadows Batman with his comic book intro as Buttman. Sure, yeah, and an extremely obtuse way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a real, um, con- it's a real conquest for him. Yeah. Do you think so? We both have fond memories of this movie, right? Yeah. This is a movie, yeah, that I, I discovered in middle school and watched all the way through middle and high school. Yeah. And I wouldn't say it holds up. It absolutely doesn't. This one probably, okay. of all of the Kevin Smith movies that I've revisited over the years, um, I think this one ages the worst, which is saying something, because I think it ages even worse than Chasing Amy. Because, oh, I agree. Because at least Chasing Amy, like Chasing Amy is borderline offensive in a lot of ways, but at least it's because it's specifically because it's from the point of view of a of a cis uh, hetero white guy who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about or what the fuck he's doing. Right. And it's like explicitly from that point of view. So you can forgive a lot of its like stumbles because that's kind of the point of the movie. It's about this bonehead uh, becoming more aware of of other communities outside his own Mm -hmm. um this movie is just this movie is just aging bad and and it's just bad all around (laughs) it's just well it's just a real product of its time yeah it's Uh, extremely dated yeah it's it's two i would say bad boyfriends they're terrible uh, i mean like getting redemption without actually having to do anything completely specifically i would I would argue specifically TS sucks. They both um, they both do. They both uh, they both suck. But TS spends the entire film just being an asshole. Like just complaining. Like when he's on that dating show, he's just an asshole to her. Yeah. Uh yeah. Like uh, yes, they both suck. They absolutely both suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like at least Brody is fun to watch. Yes, that's that's TS. the movie's that's the movie's saving grace is Jason Lee's performance. Oh yeah, uh, he's nailing it. I would say the people who the people who can nail Kevin Smith dialogue, it's Jason Lee, and then it's also the two uh, actresses. It's I was Shannon gonna Doherty I was gonna and, say yeah, Shannon Doherty yeah. and Claire Filani. Like watching it this time, I really noticed, and we talked about this in the uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot where Ben Affleck has that ability as well where he can take this yeah. this just clunky uh 
uh, unwieldy Kevin Smith dialogue and actually make it sound natural. And like it's where it really struck me in this movie was the two opening sequences where we meet TS and Brandy, who is played by Claire Filarani. And she handles that scene like it's like wow, this is like bu- 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 a believable chunk she's of dialogue. Nailing, yeah, she's in nailing her hands. it. And then when Shannon Doherty is delivering her this, what I do in the bathroom, like this is why I cry. Yep. I'm like, this is like a real, this yeah, is like real she's, acting. She's like being making taking this incredibly clunky dialogue and making it seem like a real person is saying it. Yeah, she's like savoring each line. Mm-hmm. Um, she's taking her time with it. Surprisingly, I didn't think Ben Affleck, he's still trying to wrap his head around it. Yeah. Um, the line I flagged that I also love is, I have I have no respect for people with no shopping agenda. Right, but he delivers. I love the way he, he throws it away. I have no yeah. respect for people with no shopping agenda. He, sa- he says yeah, it yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Sopranos character. I also, I think... <laughs> I think this is supposed to be funny. I remember on the DVD commentary, they were laughing at this and not with it, which is when they get dragged up by security and he's screaming. And then Ben Affleck walks up and goes, did somebody call your name? And like, (laughs) he was like clearly right there when they were screaming. It's just very silly. Um, It's yeah, it's this movie's rough. Yeah. But I guess what what I wanted to get to is, and this is kind of a question can we in like a real fucking um butterfly effect way is this what gave us marvel like the popularity like because this this is about so it's mall culture right mm-hmm. which is sort of a thing but the thing that kevin smith injects in this um more than he did in clerks uh and it like it's a big part of him this is his first thing that like really injects comic book nerd stuff yeah in this way where like it seems like everybody in this universe just casually knows about comics um obviously brody more than anybody and then like stan lee is seen as a rock star in this Mm -hmm. um and appears in it and like this was during that time right that marvel was struggling oh yeah this is uh this would have been filmed in 94 and it came out in 95 so yeah um yeah this is of course yeah, Marvel is is kind of like this is back when Marvel was still selling their character license to whoever. Like their, right. their biggest hit at this point was the X Men animated series, right? And I think back on uh, Captain Marvel and Stan Lee, his cameo reading the Mallrats script, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that Stan Lee is such buddies with Kevin Smith, or was like for you know he was going to be in the, the Jane Silent Bob reboot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it occurs to me that it might be he might have been aware of that fact, right? That like Kevin Smith sort of signal boosted comic book nerddom in the mid nineties and it started to grow. You know, we got Blade obviously. Uh yeah, I don't and think And then like mm-hmm. Spider Man. But it like I it does feel like he represents to Marvel or he represented that f- the fandom that kind of saved their asses later. I don't know. This is why it's a question. I don't think so. I think it's just a confluence of things. Like, I I think Mm -hmm. this is one aspect of just, like, kind of the timing was right. Because this movie bombed uh, uh, catastrophically. Uh, Everybody thought the comic book shit was weird and and out of nowhere, and it didn't connect with anyone. Um, uh, So I I wouldn't put too much... So it's more... And you know that Marvel didn't become a thing until 15 years after this movie came out. So right, I think it was. I think it's more the X Men cartoon because the X Men cartoon very slowly but definitely eventually gave us X Men, and then X Men gave us Spider Man, and then Spider Man gave us the MCU. Then it's probably more just that they appreciate yes. what this movie was doing because it was ahead of its time. Yeah, you know, like the conversations they're having. Our conversations that proto internet, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, these giant Twitter threads about yeah, these are Superman all like fucking the, Lois yeah, Lane, and these are all like the biggest articles that perform on entertainment websites across the internet is like talking about all these different comic book characters. So sure, it's ahead of its time in that aspect for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, it definitely inspired me even more than Clerks. the the the, the conversation that specifically inspires me in this movie is their stupid debate of the definition of a food court because that's what broadens broadens it to like yeah you can bullshit about just about anything yeah you can you can have a dumb passionate conversation about what defines a food court uh and that that i found 
delightful. And that's right on, like, that's back-to-back with the Superman conversation, mm-hmm. which I think is, like, the strongest moment of this movie. That's the moment that got him the Superman Returns script. That makes sense. Yeah, that's why they reached out to him is because of that. And it's, like, he... It's very he, funny. And he's even said, uh, at, he, he says he said at, he told them at the time, and he has said later on, like, interviews and his podcast and stuff, that he didn't come up with that. That was, that's, like, apparently just... a. Uh, thought that people have been people in comic book fan circles have been having for a while now so he didn't oh, invent sure. that observation he just put it in but his movie because he thought he it was signal funny. boosted it yeah, yeah exactly um it's just i don't know that it's funny how his concept his views of debate is i i i really like it whereas debate me people on the internet are the worst people ever yeah uh and it really has to do with the stakes it has to do with, like, if people like debating for the sake of debate, you don't have to debate about politics. You can debate about the definition of a food court, uh, and you can be just as passionate about it. Yeah. There's something wholesome about that. Yeah. I mean, it's also the the tactics are different, you know? Yeah. Like, these these are arguments that Oh, are, yeah, yeah, that, for that sure. Are, the, these debates are exaggerated for comedic effect, and they're not shouting each other down or, or using mm-hmm. bad faith tactics it's just it's you know it's a it's a gag it's a it's a it's a joke delivery system it sure is um do we want to explain the plot probably so it starts with a monologue about walter uh Bertie's cousin getting a cat stuck in his ass it has nothing to do with the rest of the film i only bring it up because it has one of my favorite lines which is just my cousin was a weird guy yeah and then that goes straight into the credits and it was like what a weirdly anticlimactic way to do that yeah, he, just, uh, he opens it with a bar it's a bar joke yeah oh it? yeah and my cousin walter got a cat stuck up in his ass i'm like walter why do you keep shoving cats up your ass he's like well how else am i gonna get the gerbil out my cousin walter right. was a weird guy and then it starts and this is walter flanagan who keeps coming up who is just a real person yeah sure uh, <laughs> that he's uh, it, it, it i mean randall talks about his cousin walter right trying to suck his own dick it's it's part of the fan theory that brody and randall are cousins mm-hmm. because they seem to have the same cousin yeah named walter who seems to have died trying to suck his own dick yeah 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 but not before jerking off on a plane and putting a cat in his ass yeah uh so yeah it opens with um uh T.S. getting dumped because of, and this is this is one of those things that also, this reveals that this takes place, this is like a Temple of Doom. It takes place before Clerks, right? It takes place because, the same day, I think. Or no, okay, wait, it's yeah, like, I mean, no, it's no, like right before. It would be technically before, yeah. Yeah. Because um, Julie Dw- Dwyer has just died. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned that she was going to be on uh, this dating game. And she started obsessively doing laps to get in shape because T.S. said something to her about how the camera adds 10 pounds. Mm. And she died um, in the pool. Had an embolism right in mid-back. Embolism, right, right. Um, And so... um, What's interesting... I forget the character's name. Brandy? Brandy, thank you. Brandy's going to take her place in the dating game. Yeah, which is jacking up their plans. He's coming over to the house to pick her up to take her to Florida where he is planning to propose to her. Now, what's interesting is, and I'm sure you must know this as a Kevin Smith person who had the DVDs Probably. and watched all the oh, special the, features. Oh, the other opening? This was not the original opening to the film. No, so, like, the, the reference to Clerks was an afterthought. It wasn't something he initially planned. Yep. This movie is filled with terrible ADR. Yeah. Uh, again, by Kevin Smith's own admission, um, because uh, the original opening was like a governor's ball which is reference still in the movie yeah um that accidentally like devolves i think ts and brody accidentally do like an active shooter or something happens yeah. like yeah and um they like they, i don't know the part where he says if it isn't my neighbor is also a reference so the idea is that they've been on the news which is why the funniest scene probably is when the guy stops ts in the parking lot and goes hey Aren't you the guy who broke up with Brandy Svenning and he punches her? 
uh, punches him. The original line was, didn't I see you on the news? Because everybody kept asking him that. Yeah, he was. Um, it's very funny that a guy would approach him in a parking lot and go, aren't you that guy that broke up with that person? Well, they try They try to salvage that gag by having people keep asking him about his breakup with Brandy. Yeah, so like, but I it's mean, still it's very this, funny. It's this heightened reality where that news would spread like wildfire. But yeah, it's the original thing was like he TS was dressed up like a colonial uh, soldier, like a Minuteman. Uh, right. Something happens with his rifle where they it turns into they think he's trying to assassinate the governor, and it becomes a whole thing. It was a really goofy, unwieldy way to open your film. Yeah, it's so like I some underst- naked gun shit. Yeah, I understand why it was cut. <laughs> <laughs> Test audiences did not like it. Yeah, it's baffling. Like I've watched it's it, I'm baffling. like, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's interesting how there, there's something to be said for that because there's this the, with the current fan culture, fan nerd culture specifically around people like Zack Snyder, where it's like you know release the Snyder cut, and now people are like, oh, release the director's cut, and there's like this new push towards director's cuts where. Uh, people aren't even really, they don't even really know what they, what it is they're, they're asking for. But right. there, there's this idea that like so many directors are victimized by studio meddling. And that's certainly true. But like, it's, it's interesting to look at a, a somebody like Kevin Smith, who, you know, famously in Clerks, the original ending was Dante gets murdered by a, by a shot, uh, not a shoplifter, uh, a, a robber. Um, and then this movie's like fucking bonkers, goofy ass original opening where it's like, no, no, no. His career was very much helped by studio interference. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's, it's like, also this the thing is that bad. Most, cut this. Yeah. Most director's cuts are things that were like, are most like the theatrical versions. Often it's the director also choosing to cut things. Exactly. Like yeah. it, it's just that a director's cut doesn't mean it's necessarily better. It's a, it's a back and forth with collaboration and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So and like very often stuff is cut for time stuff is yeah. cut because it, you know, one thing was removed earlier. So now this scene doesn't make sense. So it's, it's not yeah, it's, always it's a thing, case of like, yeah. Some, it's one yeah. thing when it's like alien three, you know, it's yeah. another thing when it's, yeah, these movies, I mean, I've watched, I told you, I watched the fucking, the, the work print of apocalypse. Now it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. It was almost five hours long. Like, yeah. D- and there's ghosts not- in it. Like, there's a ghost plantation. It's a fucking stupid-ass movie. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a fucking mess. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, this is a good example of that. Kevin Smith tends to have the right scenes cut out. Yeah. Um, but in this case, it was hard. Because they were cutting a scene that was the first scene of the movie. So, it resonates throughout. There's like... There's a line where I think Brody is supposed to say something and the ADR of him going, excellent. excellent. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they, they call it out on the commentary too. It's yeah, funny. it's so funny. Um, so yeah, this movie begins with uh, these two pals getting broken up with. Yeah. Um, Brody gets uh, broken up with by uh, Renee, who's basically, Brody just sucks. He wakes up, you know, he's, he's like in college, right? They're like college mm-hmm. aged. They're college aged. They are not in school. College aged, but they're not in school. Yeah. No. Uh, he w- wakes up late, plays video games all the time, just watches movies. She has to sneak in and out of the house because he doesn't he's, want her to meet his mom. He's also just, he's shitty to her. Yes. He's also just shitty. Yeah. Um, and then you got TS who is like, he's like just very, he freaks out. The like basically what happens is, it's not really his fault, but like in in Brandy's mind, he caused this woman to freak out and then have an aneurysm, and now she has to fill in for her father. And like he should, he should understand that he sh- he never gets like there's never a point where he apologizes for this. He basically freaks out, and like this one's tougher because he is planning a vacation that they were supposed to leave for that day. Yeah. So that is a, like a big change of plans. Yeah. Uh, he's got to eat those tickets. Like it's not, yeah. it's not nothing, but he still, he freaks out for the wrong things. Like, yeah. Uh, because it beca- he's it like, becomes, your father's yeah. so controlling. It's about her father yeah. and how he's trying to break them up. And like, and so and her, you know. her, her father's a bald raging Michael Rooker. He sure is. This is prime. Michael. This is, Rooker. Ah, this is some good. This is some choice. Rooker. Yeah. So the friends, they decide to cheer each other up. So they go to the mall uh, and they are a couple of mall rats. Mm -hmm. They sure are, Dave. Uh, 
and they learn that a stage is being erected and it turns out that the dating show is going to be filmed at the mall uh for reasons that are unclear for for reasons that are very unclear it's also unclear what uh michael rooker does (laughs) like he was holding the governor's ball and then he has these two guys who are like you better not screw up and like i i just couldn't tell like what are you? What is his like, job? Yeah. yeah. What, what are you doing? Generic rich business. Yeah. And now he's making a dating game. He's and I can't tell if he's like, yeah. he's a producer, I guess. I, he's funding it. Like an events manager. I don't, it's, yeah, it is uh, yeah. very unclear what he's doing, why, why it's at the mall. Like, cause the yeah. show was planned very far in advance. So why are they suddenly building a stage in the mall the day of the show? Right. Why don't they have a backup? Uh, uh, lady to yeah, take alternate play. guest yeah alternate yeah um and so they're making this dating show in the mall they decide to sabotage it they ask Jay and Silent Bob to help out with that uh and then the movie is just a series of jokes Ethan Suppley's there he's uh he's at a one of those um fuck what magic are those eyes. called the magic eyes. magic eyes yeah. I was kept thinking seeing eye and I was like those are the dogs um. A, a magic eye and he can't see a sailboat he is i think one of the best parts of this movie um i really enjoy his performance in this yeah um him saying to the child you dumb bastard, <laughs> you dumb bastard. <laughs> that's not a scooter it's a sailboat incredible. yeah that whole scene oh yeah uh and they also pay him off which is nice uh so Jane and Bob do a series of antics trying to uh, st- sabotage the stage. Sabotage the stage. They run into Joey Lauren Adams as Gwen uh, several times. They get uh, chased by uh, 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 the mall security guard. Mm-hmm. Lafours. Um, uh And and what happens is uh, what what else? Ben Affleck's there. Jason Lee learns that uh, Renee is now dating Shannon from the fashionable male store, and it's Ben Affleck looking like a super douche. Yeah, wearing like a wearing like a really great uh, sports jacket over like a nighttime shirt. Yeah, like a gray like button. He's he's half in extremely nineties. Yeah, he's extremely nineties. Yeah. Stan Lee is there signing autographs. He's, he's dressed like an R and B singer. Yeah. They plant a lot of characters like Steve, Dave, and Fanboy, which are regular characters. They reference Walt Flanagan's dog, which is in the comic books. Um, we learn that Renee uh, also had sex with Rick Darris on a pool table at a costume party. Is that the same one where Caitlin had sex with Dante and Clerks? Presumably. Presumably. It's, yeah, it's all, it all works together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet Gil Hicks it's, as well. It's like Dante's poetry, Dave. cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this all leads into uh, them getting kicked out of the mall by security. They plant pot on them. They have to go to the dirt mall. They talk to a uh, topless psychic mm-hmm. uh, who has a third nipple. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, that reinvigorates them. Uh, they they go back. They decide to get on the dating show to, uh, to win back both of their uh, exes. And so you have the the dating sequence where Jason Lee is, is funny and 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 I, I I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Brian O'Halloran in that <laughs> his Gil his that hair his hair his hair his, him desperately asking uh, it's like well did he come or what like a question yeah. a question no one would ask no one would ask nobody yeah. would be du- like that's not the thing you're waiting on pins and needles to learn in that story. But, they do it's a like great this, job it's a story about it's Jason Lee telling a story about his cousin uh, in a plane crash. So he just starts to masturbate because the plane's going down and then the plane writes itself and nobody else well, nobody no. says anything. The whole Everybody plane else does. starts masturbating. Yeah. There's a great moment where they do like a sweeping shot of the audience all listening. Yeah. <laughs> closely. Just very just intently. Like, and then everybody was just masturbating. Um, yeah. It, it, it's just Gil Hicks is a delightful character because you know exactly what he is. Um, he's just he's just he's, such a he's sad a, man. He's a butters. He's just there to say something. He's a butters. He's, yeah. he's there to say to 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 set himself up like like a t ball and then get swatted by Jason Lee. Yeah, uh, and yeah, so they w- they win them back without apologizing. No, nope. really. 
Nope, without or, learning and anything. And I mean, no, he, he... They send Ben Affleck to jail for having sex with an underage woman. There's, they sure do. There's, a, there's a, another running um, uh, thing with Trish. Trish the Dish. Everybody calls her that. Um, <laughs> and uh, she's this, I guess, 16-year-old who... Yep. This was... Boy, this was dated. Uh, is getting $20,000 to write a book. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus... Um, <laughs> that ain't much <laughs> yeah like a sex a sex book um where she's like just having sex with lots of guys filming it um telling them in advance uh and she like willingly brings the sex tape to the mall knowing that they're gonna play it and so they play ben affleck having sex with her uh while talking about new kids on the block yeah who's, uh, your, who's your favorite new kid yeah please don't go just baby. <laughs> yeah <laughs> call me joey call me joey um, you could tell he had fun with that scene. Um, they just like say to a cop, that girl's only 15. And the cops are like, no need to look into it. Yeah. Which they kind of they kind of do it on purpose. Because later when Jason Lee goes to hit him. And they're like, you can't hit a man in police custody. And he's like, oh, come on. Just this time. They're like, all right, fine. All right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like the idea is the cops just don't give a shit. Um, and that, yeah, that's the movie. Yeah, pretty um, much. He's stink palms. He's stink palms. Michael he's stink Rooker. palms. Rooker. Yeah. That's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Pretzels, the Easter Bunny. Uh, the Easter Bunny's a whole thing. Yeah, the the but having it, sex in a really uncomfortable place. What like the back of a Volkswagen, which apparently in this original script was what like a dumpster, which I find way funnier because <laughs> <laughs> it's such an absurd uh, alternative to that line. It's grim and less jokey. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's less like like in what like the what, back like of a back- Volkswagen it's it's very like it's very like vaudeville it's it's yeah. a very like call and what, response like a dumpster type of is a real yeah dumpster is a real like blunt instrument where it's, it sure is it's like, huh um yeah that's the movie um what what would you say is the most dated part of this movie is it just the general way that again the actresses are nailing the lines mm-hmm. and they're doing a great job but it's they're the total lack of agency uh, and the fact that they take these guys back mm-hmm. without the guys actually having to do anything. Yeah, they don't learn anything about themselves. Uh, they just do an antic. They just do a fun antic. Yeah. At the end, Jason Lee, in, his, in fairness, says, okay, I guess I'll, I'll introduce, introduce you to, you to my, my mom. mom mother. Yeah. He owes her breakfast and introducing her to his mom. That's Yeah, and that's what I mean where he's slightly better than T.S., where he at least, it like changes right he does he changes his behavior yeah at the end or at least we are told he is going to yeah and then he goes on to become a late night host sure which is really a bummer it's a bummer because then when in the jane saw bob movies that clearly didn't work out he mentions it i think yeah in in jane silent bob strike back like but it clearly didn't it couldn't have worked out nah, if he's back of course and, not yeah. i mean yeah you know <laughs> they also set up the Jan Silent Bob movies with this, with them and the monkey at the end. Yeah. With Suzanne and the Weezer song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, the most dated aspect, apart from, you know, it's it's yet another uh, 90s comedy where the women just drift from bozo to bozo. Uh, mm-hmm. it, I don't know. It's, I mean, the music obviously is so 90s. It's like. Oh, yeah such a 90s movie a lot of the jokes don't age well Mm -hmm. i mean there's i think this movie is partially saved though for being as wacky as it is uh it's like it's it's wacky in a way that clerks was not uh and and a lot of his later movies uh like strike back and uh jane silent bob reboot kind of were more yeah, like it it's really very, foreshadows that. Yeah, because the it, like when you watch this movie, like I remember the first time I watched it. God, I remember seeing Dogma in theaters. Yeah, which means I remember a universe in which it was just Clerks, Mallrats, and Chasing Amy. Yeah, uh, and so I remember watching this movie, and you look at those three movies. And you look at this one and you think, oh, so much studio meddling. Yeah. This is so unlike him. It's very Everything, like him, yeah. <laughs> that's what's As funny. It turns is, out, yeah. Yeah. Because both Clerks and Chasing Amy have that like Gen X cynicism, mm-hmm. like talking about dirty stuff. Um 
and are like, definitely more personal. Know, like they're they 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 clearly come from a personal place for Kevin Smith. Yeah, like Chasing Amy is uh, about his re- a relationship he had, and Clerks is about right. working those jobs and feeling like you're stuck and you're not going anywhere. I do know that this movie, the the studio, one of the things they did, which I don't think they did again, which is they made him do a pass and like make all the dirty words less dirty. Like that for was TV, the thing they did for too. TV. Yeah. They had to, they had um, to, he, I think he mentions it on the DVD. They had to record like TV versions of each line. Right. No, I think also the overall script because it is, it is slightly less wrong. Yeah. There are, say. there are some words that are clearly like, like when he says, is this dork made out of orange rock? Uh, yeah. He, I, I think they call that out on one of the special features where the line was originally Dick. So they, they it's one of those words that he just toned it down a little bit. And in my opinion, right. dork is kind of funnier. Dork is funny. It's such a like weird a word. Yeah, it's like a child. It's like a little boy. Yeah. Uh, it's a bizarre thing to, it's a bizarre word to say. Yes, it is. really is for a dick. Like literally only one person in the history has ever said that. And it's Brody in this scene. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but it's, it is very funny that like, and then you look at dogma and dogma is also less cartoony. Dogma is for what it is surprisingly not that cartoony it's probably well not anymore it was definitely more violent than anything he had ever done yeah like this most silly thing in that is the shit demon mm-hmm. uh and that is silly but you know what i mean like the tone is still yeah the tone is is serious almost i mean not yeah, wholly I, serious it's just like it's more here's <sighs> what it is it's more grounded it weirdly is. it's more grounded yeah here's what it is is that in, in in all in those four films, only Mallrats is the one where I feel like a character could fall a great distance and survive. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's the Looney Tunes rules, and then you get to Jay and Silent Bob, and you get later in career, and it's like, oh yeah, this was a this was a thing. Um, he just didn't really do it for the longest time. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't know why that is. I don't know, and I don't obviously I can't speak for him. I don't know the man, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it feels like. It it feels like maybe in this early stage of his career, he was still trying to make like important movies, you know, or like movies that m- were personal to him or that meant something to him personally. And then as his career progressed, you know, obviously there's still personal things that he puts in each movie. Like we talked about in, in, in strike back, the, the personal element is yeah. very obvious. Uh, but I think, he sort of, it feels like he kind of let go of that instinct and just kind of favor leaned more towards like, well, I'm just going to make, I'm just going to make jokes or I'm just going to make this, this movie, you know, like red state or something like that, you know? Yeah. I think as people get older, they don't, they become less edgelordy in general. And so like you look at clerks and chasing Amy and dogma, it is a little more like gritty. Yes. Gritty. The word it's a little more of the young sensibility. And and I think what the deal is with Mallrats is from everything I heard behind the scenes, it just seems like he was trying to make a movie for the studio, like yeah. he was he was just trying to have fun, and so it does make sense that this is this stands out as being a wackier film because mm-hmm. I think he was just like yeah fuck it let's just make it let's just have fun. Uh, I mean, it had to be really fast out. too because Clerks hit festivals and you know in '94, and this movie came right. out the next year. Right. They were filming this while they were filming the pilot for the Clerks TV show with Jim Brewer as Randall. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> no. Remember that nightmare? Yeah. There's a Clerks TV show. Uh, Clerks TV show. Not the animated series. I'm looking it up. Um, with Jim Brewer as Randall. Uh, yep. TV movie 1995. They list it as a TV movie, but it's 22 minutes. Yeah, because it's just the pilot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's that's interesting. <laughs> that didn't go anywhere. Yeah, that didn't eventually become a thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, ball rats. That's yeah. What we're talking about. But yeah, it is. That I feel like the cartoonishness, yeah, does save how dated it is. Like again, the ending is so stupid, but it's almost saved by the fact that it doesn't feel like everybody is a human. 
Yeah, it does not. This movie never purports to take place in the actual universe. It's it's very heightened reality, mm-hmm. which is not. And maybe it, that he has to do with the comic book aspect too. Possibly, we're seeing the conception of Bluntman and Chronic. We're seeing you know all the the Looney Tunes shit, like literally the Wiley e. Coyote, fucking like blueprints. Mm-hmm. Everything uh, they do are very is very Wiley e. Coyote. When and you compare. That's like the biggest thing is compare how Jay and Silent Bob are in this film to how they are in Clerks. And mm-hmm. it's very different. It's very different. And then they kind of, they, they dial it back for the brief scene in Chasing Amy. Yeah. Well, they're more like, uh, they're more and, real people in that movie. As, yeah. As real Dogma, as those two more characters real can be. Yeah. Again, as real as those two characters can be. But yeah. uh, Clerks, Chasing Amy, and Dogma all feel like they are supposed they feel like they take place in the real world you know obviously dogma has the the huge fan fan fantasy elements but still right it's so funny to me that jane saw bob like they shouldn't have been in dogma they should not have been in dogma that hurts the movie um it's very funny though like i'm still delighted by it there's some great lines in that um it's just very funny that these are the two characters he was like yes yep always well i think those they were they were gonna be again you can see so many different ideas uh that could have gone that he could have gone with like it seemed Mm -hmm. like his intent you know once dogma rolled around was to have jay and silent bob pop up in some aspect in every one of his films like it seems like that might have been his intent for a while and that's what he did for a while um for most of his movies yeah Except for like Jersey uh, Girl and Cop Out, I think. Right. Those are the only like comedies he made. I feel like that aren't in this universe. Yeah. Jer- um, Jersey Girl might be. Mm, may, eh, I don't know. Remember that that uh, Will Smith is in that movie? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> Will Smith is in Jersey Girl. I don't remember any anything about it. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get to watch it for this. Uh fiddlesticks let me look maybe oh no no i think we might i think yeah i think we might be watching jersey girl perfect we'll see we'll see what dave happens. that's fantastic news Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh and zach and miri oh yeah oh yeah and that's one of the few with jason muse playing someone playing who a different muse. character lester, and I honestly, lester the molester <laughs> yeah and i honestly really like the use of him in that he's incredible in that movie it's like oh that's a yeah. great poor name we gotta have poor names and i want my yeah. name to be pete jones yeah he's still jason he's still, he's still jay, jay. yeah just with short hair yeah <laughs> still the um, same dude but yeah <laughs> um okay i guess we're still talking about mall rats here i guess i mean we're talking about kevin smith really but with yeah through the lens yeah, of yeah. mall rats yeah through the lens that's fair Um, that works yeah it's i think it's more the most dated aspect of this film is it's two leads honestly in my opinion uh yeah because i mean sure it's this movie i was uh, this movie is follows the same pattern that a lot of comedies and and i wouldn't call this a rom-com but it's like adjacent because it's about relationships Right. Um, a lot of comedies around this time had this problem where the it's just you know the main characters are just a couple of dopes and they don't really learn anything and their girlfriends have no agency beyond just drifting from guy to guy uh, right. and then that definitely has that problem but like this movie stands out to me because it's two leads are so coarse and rude and terrible in terms of yes. being romantic well, partners is that dated or is that a genre? Because I would say modern sitcoms do this. You know, like there, there's been, you know, like I would say Family Guy. I'd say it's both. Has it's, both it's both dated and a genre. It is a genre that yeah. is dated. Yeah, you're right. That we need to get rid of. And I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't necessarily sitcom. put Family Guy in that because the Family Guy leans into the idea that Peter is terrible. Right. Right, I haven't watched Family Guy in ages. But, yeah, no, um, I mean, yeah, no, this, it doesn't. But it's, it's not, still it's not like, like terrible s- guy, terrible guy getting a million sh- chances. Yeah, like I'm just, it is a genre. I guess what I was getting at, and that now I'm thinking about it, is that when we talk about it being dated, mm-hmm. there's no jokes that are like uh, offensive. I think uh, I feel like there's one or two like R words. There's in stuff. 
uh, you oh know. yeah oh yeah they whip out that r word they sure do lot. they still they, um, that was that, that was very that very vogue around this time oh yeah that's in godzilla the godzilla movie someone drops it the godzilla movie someone also says wop hank azaria does <laughs> that, and yeah, he is very much the, not italian like i thought i like like and he, he he's says in it in the italian movie. face yeah uh, he says it in the movie and i like kind of excuse it because it's like oh well, well he's he's italian right and then i looked up hank azaria he very much is not italian yeah <laughs> so. italian face is something we're still allowing as 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 recent as right now with house of gucci my god <laughs> It must it's be. It funny. must be seen to be believed, Dave. Yeah, I'm not saying we like as someone from an Italian family. I've never met someone who's offended by Italian face um, personally, but it is weird that we get to do that, right? Like that's weird. Um, it's it's a, it's an odd thing that we're not that we're still all okay with. It's you know yeah yeah. It's it's more like again like. I, I've never met anybody af- offended by it, which isn't to say people aren't. It's more of just like a, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. what the fuck is this? Um, it's like you look at all the fucking Asian jokes and 30 Rock. or you know, Yeah, exactly. It's like, Where it's like, Christ. holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, point is, point is, yes, there's some dated elements there, but like, like not much in terms of homophobia. There's a joke where he accuses someone of being homophobic. Uh, and then it's like going back and forth. Um, and that doesn't feel like that's a joke. That's a jo- like, that was more a joke about someone being like too PC, I want to say, or just Gil being, uh, just a, a, a little, uh, like a, again, a butters. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's yeah. no, there's not, I, my point is that it's it's not too dated in the humor as much as it is in the tone. It's the tone, in my the, opinion. Yeah, it's it's not as date. It's not dated in the way you might expect. And honestly, I don't think Kevin's. And I may be speaking out of my ass because yeah. this, this may be incredibly not true. But I feel like there wasn't too much casual homophobia in his movies. I, I, I know he like. talks about his brother being gay. Like it, it, um, it's, it seems like he, he, I think he yeah. just grew up in an environment that he knew not to No, That's, I guess that's what I was getting at is for a movie from the mid nineties that we're calling dated. It's surprisingly dated for not the reasons you'd expect. Right. You, you'd expect it to be loaded with gay jokes and like, yeah. And like casual racism and shit like that. And it doesn't, it doesn't have any of those things. It's, it's mostly in the fact I mean, that mainly it, because it has all white people, right? Cause there's not a single, <laughs> there's not a single person of color in this film. No, I think uh, chasing Amy is at the first time. Yeah uh-huh yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah so that's a problem yeah but obviously like, uh, yeah, that's a problem it's yeah it's more that it's like that grunge slacker comedy gen x era that is you know it's it's empire records or it's um mm-hmm. anything whatever else has joey lauren adams in it um and i don't know i think that's that i guess that's why i was thinking about the comic book stuff because it's very interesting to take that genre and the one thing that makes this stand out from the rest is the casual insistence of adding comic books. Yeah. It's in the credits. It's throughout the whole film. Stan Lee's in it. And it's very funny to me because you think of something, again, like Empire Records where, like, Guar shows up. Um, and, like, that's what you normally would do during this time. Yeah. You'd have, like, a rock star be in your movie. Yeah. Not Stan Lee. Uh, and I, I love that about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That they that they like assumed this pop culture that didn't exist. And it sounds like the movie failed <laughs> oh, it, before that reason. Oh it did. Yeah. It, it yeah. failed it failed big time. Uh yeah. I'm I, I'm I'm pretty sure they hated all the comic book stuff. Uh it's yeah, you know. Um yeah. But I think that's the stuff that makes this movie in my head important. Um with a question mark no in that well in that what makes kevin smith sort of stand out is internet culture now mm-hmm. and how ahead of his time yeah he, was he with did that stuff. yeah yeah and that's sure. what i mean is that this movie is culturally important in a weird way uh to our current culture mm-hmm. in that it's like if i was making a documentary on comic books and nerd culture I would start around here, you yeah. know, like no, I, would, that's, that's I a, would include it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. 
yeah. I would start around this film and the X-Men cartoon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As like the beginnings of this shit. Yeah. And then you got Michael Rooker in there who's been in, you know, a bunch of comic book things. Yeah. Cliffhanger. Yeah. And Cliffhanger. And we get to see his ass. Yeah, we do. Finally. At long last. Mm-hmm. We might see his ass in Henry. I can't remember. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Any other thoughts on the movie? No, just that this is the hardest one to revisit because, again, it's because the two leads. There's, so, I mean, Jason Lee is is very very funny in his delivery, but like he's such a fucking asshole. T S is such an asshole. Like, I tried to show this movie. Like one of the times I revisited this movie was was showing it to Marina. I was like, oh, this is good. This is a movie I loved when I was in high school, and she couldn't stand it. <laughs> Because yeah. the main characters are just assholes. They are. They're major assholes. And they're assholes in the type of... They're like the worst kind of assholes. <laughs> Not really the worst kind of assholes, but like they're every asshole on the internet that you get frustrated with. They're those oh, two. Yeah. They're the uh, Brody especially, but... Well, we often talk about, like when we do the Fox Mulder podcast, about Mulder in the age of QAnon is a terrible thing. Yeah. Uh, Brody in the age of com- I mean they do that in um in the uh Jansom Bob reboot Brody is toxic yeah <laughs> like and that is how he would be yeah that was like, what he, he would be a, what he would be yeah yeah he'd be a toxic weird troll talking about like diversity forced diversity in these movies like he would be terrible yeah uh yeah so you can you could definitely feel that from this um mm-hmm. even though this is an you know be in simpler times yeah um With this yeah it was you know who cares if he rants about how dumb the introduction of this character is into this comic book in 1995 but right. in like 2021 where people are getting bullied off the internet and like right it's a shame because yeah this and the stormtrooper stuff again that's that's was the stuff i found charming like this movie didn't I was more attached to Clerks than this movie, so the datedness, I guess, doesn't affect me as much, but, like, the things I glommed onto are those dumb conversations uh, as being, like, I I had just never seen anything like this, you know, and the idea of, like, yeah, you can just talk about bullshit with a passion, and now it's gotten to a point where that is seen as, like, toxic on the internet, unfortunately, because the people have gotten way too serious about the bullshit Mm -hmm. uh, for sure. Yeah. And I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of run its course as a comedic delivery system too. Oh yeah. It's like when when I see people launch or when I see characters launch into debates like these on, in movies or TV now, more often than not, I kind of roll my eyes because I'm like, Oh, cause you you can just see it. You can see it on the page almost. Because I mean, it's with this stuff. That's part of what makes it dated is like the stormtrooper thing is now so old um, in our head. I would say that if you're right, um, I mean, now we have like shows deconstructing the superhero genre, you know, Um, I would say that, the only time it is fascinating is if it's just something I hadn't thought about, you know, mm-hmm. if someone can do that and surprise me, but it's very hard. It's hard to do. Know? It's hard to do. Yeah. We've been through that ringer. We've, we've heard it all. This um, mo- Yeah. This movie is 25 years old. Yeah. Oh, I just mean us in general. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And I'm saying like, uh, uh, we were directly in this industry, the industry of deconstructing yes. pop culture. Yeah. So it's it's hard like it's hard to surprise I think us specifically too. That's fair. With yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I was just saying in 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 terms of this movie is 25 years old, 26 actually. Um and yeah. the this style like this co- brand of nerd culture deconstruction has only continued since then. So Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, I imagine it would be hard. I mean us probably more so than the average audience but i think the average audience as a whole it's it's more difficult to surprise people with stuff but like it's that. interesting it is interesting to me how this stuff didn't evolve into more movies of people doing what kevin smith does like you can't really think of another it's it, filmmaker because it failed at the time <laughs> yeah well yeah. no but what i was gonna say is it, it moved to the internet yeah that's like true, i yeah. would say i would say sites like cracked kind of did like this is where it came off from yeah um but what's more interesting is that the superhero films themselves started doing it more than anything. Uh, and it's almost like that that's 
a whole other conversation. But there was never like a genre of movies where nerds debated things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's for what you're saying that and it it's failed. It didn't take but off, ultimately, yeah. it's. I mean, Kevin Smith didn't fail. You know, he kept making movies, and and there are plenty of small movies that do this. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of them out there, and most of them are terrible. Uh, I was about to say it's like tr- trying to be Tarantino. Where yeah. It's like don't don't do it. Like, Just don't. Like fan, I think Fanboys is one of them, and that's a real. Uh, yeah. Which is incredible because it has it has Jason Mewes and like Seth Rogen in it and shit like that. Wow. I but like part it's of it, not good. Par- yeah, I think part of it, like Tarantino dialogue, part of the problem is that it's not good in general. Um, but we've allowed somebody to get away with it. Right. <laughs> like Tarantino, we're just like, okay, but just you. And like you're barely getting by. Well, we still all roll our eyes at you. <laughs> but his movies are very watchable and, and successful yes. and popular. So it's like well, yeah. you know. But you know what I mean, where yeah. it's like we never we didn't even need one, um, let alone two. Right. So yeah, like someone yeah. trying to imitate the style, it's like, look, Kevin Smith is all he's been on thin ice his whole right, career. I was gonna say it's shit. it's it's like it's like trying to imitate somebody doing cartwheels on a on a, a high wire. It's like right. buddy that guy's barely getting by. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. you, you don't want to imitate that. Like that's yeah. that's a house of cards. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you think this is going to compare to yoga hosers? Um I think it's going to be probably a similar tone. I do too. I'm I think this is all right, slacker comedy in a single location where I'm guessing they talk about a lot of weird bullshit and it's oddly cartoony. Yeah. Cuz I know that yoga hosers is uh, I know that Johnny Depp's in it in some sort of Jared Leto-esque makeup mm-hmm. uh, situation. I know that there's like a sci-fi element in that or some sort of fantasy. Yeah, it's there's some supernatural element. There's like Nazi wieners, I think, like Nazi hot dogs or something like that. There's something right. like that shit in here. So, so yeah, I I mean, fucked if I know. Um, maybe, I, again, I, I don't know anything about that movie. I just the trailer. I'm kind of yeah. Just the trailer. Yeah, I'm kind of excited that I'm going to go into it. Uh, and it, yeah, blind. just judging by the comedies he's made recently, uh, you know, it's like Strike Back. It it seemed which is very much in the same tone as Mallrats. I expect it to be in that tone, the kind of broader, wackier. Like who cares? Yeah. Like what? Like why am? Like he's not precious about anything. Uh, no, I I think all right. So I'm kind of going back. I don't think the slacker comedy talking is going to actually play into it i think it's going to be more the jay and sell bob mm-hmm. mishaps is more what we're going to see that silliness right i don't know i think it's going to be a, a, a mix of the two i think it's one of the things that kevin smith has sort of had trouble with in the later um in the in the in the later um movies which is like I almost think because like my least favorite part of this movie, Mallrats, is the the Jay and Silent Bob antics because they just cartoon shit, and so it's like meh, you know, like there's nothing funny about that. It's it's like little kid stuff, mm-hmm. them swinging around, them doing the grappling hook, you know, like it's it's fun for sure, but that was always in my mind the weakest part of Mallrats. Um, obviously, looking at it as an adult there's there's other issues but i do think yoga hosers is going to be more on that side i don't know i guess we'll just have to watch it yeah i guess we're gonna have to just finally bite those that that hose bite that hose (laughs) bite that i'm excited for it sure i i do for the most part i know the first we did the jansal bob reboot and we didn't have kind things to say about it i really enjoy the nihilism of his later years (laughs) with this stuff (laughs) Of the stuff he's been doing lately, I love I love how little he gives, how little shits he gives. Yeah. I can't wait for Moose Jaws. Can't wait for whatever the fuck that's going to be. Yeah, if it even comes out. We'll see. He's been talking yeah. about it for a while. But I like that he basically, he did the movies he wanted to make, and now he's like, you know, I'm just going to keep making movies until someone stops me, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. I appreciate keep calling in favors. Yeah. No, I think all filmmakers should do this where like movies like Tusk, where it's like, okay, from here on, I'm just going to do things and make 
do like mad science experiments essentially as movies yeah where it's like i'm gonna mix a bunch of bullshit together see if it works uh i don't know it's kind of fun yeah um uh, is that it i think so i think that noise signifies the end of the show yeah that's yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what that you know what that sound means. It's yeah. time to stop talking about mall rats. I mean, I feel like we barely talked about mall rats, but again, what are we gonna do? Yeah, you guys have seen it. What probably. are we gonna do? Do scene by scene. If you've listened, if you if you listen to this episode, odds are you've seen mall rats. So. It'd be weird if you hadn't. Be a little strange. A uh, little strange. I'm not yeah. judging you. I'm a, a little bit, not entirely though, but a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm watching you. Yeah. You Keep, will be watched. Keeping my eye on you. Big thank you to at Nerd Numbers for making this all happen Woo! through our Patreon. And if you're curious, our Patreon is patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. Uh, if you go on there for, for just five dollars mm-hmm. a month, you get access to Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder is a maniac, Star Trek the Next Futurama, and Spielboys. Those are all exclusive podcasts. Uh, five dollars. Yeah, five all measly dollars. Yeah, oh, you... it's like it's like something like seven podcasts a month, maybe mm-hmm. eight. Yeah, dare I say eight? I don't know how many. You I'm dare not counting? You 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 should dare. Um, mm-hmm. and you should dare to head over to gameplayunemployed.com where you can find a link nice. to our uh, Teespring store. Nice. Where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs that you can get on T-shirts and mugs and stickers and posters and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so you should check that out. Mm-hmm. It's it's wacky. It's at least as wacky as Mallrats. Is it? Yeah. I think so. It's we got some pretty wacky things on there. Is it? The, it's the Mallrats of shirt stores. I would say that. I've been yeah. saying that to anyone who will listen. Hmm. All right. Yep. Bye. Bye. Smoking weed, smoking weed, doing coke, drinking beers.